Welcome to the TBN UK podcast. In this series, you can hear some of the interviews from TBN Meets, where faith meets culture. Hear from Christian ministries, innovators, authors, artists, and creators. Enjoy. Hi, TBN family, and welcome to TBN Meets. Today, we're joined by Noah Robinson, international worship leader, songwriter, producer, and the founder of Kingdom Worship Movement. We're going to talk about his heart for worship and the creative process behind his latest album. Welcome, Noel. Ah, it's great to be here. Great to so be here. tell us a little bit. You've got an album. Tell us a little bit about that. got an album called I Surrender, um, and it really just tells a story, narrates a story of... Um, just God dealing with me over the last you know, few years, the songs have come out of, of many of those um, experiences, those moments, and I tried to capture them in a song. Um, and in, in a style that makes it you know, accessible to lots of people, it's a very eclectic album, really, musically, but we get to um, tell, tell the story of what we see. And so what was the creative process behind this album? Um, you know, I think for me as a musician, I've been playing music and, and, and doing music for many, many years. Um, so my heart has always been to share my story, I think. So the creative process was really about making my story palatable uh, so people could get it in the language, in, you know, in the expression that they could get it. So the process was um, really around sitting down lyrically, you know, how, how do we sing about faith? How do we sing about surrender? Uh, how do we sing about grace? How do we sing about love, you know? And, and what does that mean to people? And does any of my story resonate with people? And, and some of it generic and some of it very much personal. So um, I think some of it generic and all of it personal, really. <laughs> so did you do it here? Where, where did you write it? Do you um, have a team? Like, well, what happens? Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing is, is that um, I, I write. Um, I'm always constantly writing. Um, and um, I think for this album, there's something like 30 songs. Wow. Um, you know, I had many songs on different people's albums as well that was up for grabs, I suppose, and just had to present them to A&R and... And, and just share some of the story behind, you know, behind the songs. And, and we kind of settled on the 11 that we have. And um, um, so I, I, I think the process was w constantly working on them. Yeah. N you know, realising that they're not really finished sometimes. You know, you start a song and then all of a sudden you realise that, well, actually, the second verse doesn't really... Do anything. Do anything. <laughs> maybe I need to leave that out or maybe I need to rewrite that and... and have, have a look at it again. And how do you pick producers and musicians to work on it? What, what? Well, I've actually there? been on this journey for the last, um, um, I suppose, 15, 20 years, where um, my heart has always been to develop a team of people um, within the UK, people that we, I can go to that actually produce world-class music, music that the world can listen to and go, wow, that's amazing. So, you know, some of the guys, my main producer on this project, a guy called Goz I Am, um, I met him at 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, when he was a keyboard player, just meeting, met him in a room and, and, and God had us come together. And so he's been playing on the last several albums. And so to give him the, the production rights and, and a lot of the guys around me, many of the guys around me who, young guys that have grown up, you know, I'm, I'm the elder statements, a statement, I think. But, you know, all these guys have grown up around me. He's given them the opportunity uh, to, to allow their gifting and their input into something that, you know, I've created. So together we create. Um, and that's something about legacy as yeah. well, you know, um, you know, that's something about legacy. My father made me sit with him playing the guitar in church. Um, so I wasn't off to one side doing my own thing, but I played in church and got a sense of what it is that we were trying to do at church. So again, having these young musicians and singers come along and, and be a part of it. And it's not just a, a session, yeah. but it's actually 
we're all walking. We're walking and doing life to make this happen. And this is album number... Um, well, technically seven. Yeah. You know, um, you know, there's a few things in between, but this is album number seven, yeah. Um, my wildest dreams, I didn't think that I would ever do an album. Um, um, back in the day, obviously, you know, I was always the guy at the back playing and um, to be in the front telling my story, it's always, I'm still pinching myself after all these albums and mm -hmm. there's still uh, goosebumps or say, you know, that butterflies in your stomach going, oh my God, I hope people like it. Um, you have that sense. And then you have a sense where, my oh God, you've called this. So, hey, whatever, whatever's gonna happen, you're in it. So, yeah. hey, cause this is really about you. Um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing my life through the eyes of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that means that, yeah, there's hard places, there's difficult places, you know, uh, sometimes being caught between a rock and a hard place, we say, but then Jesus comes along and you turn that very rock and a hard place into an altar where, where the presence of God comes and you think, whoa. And I like this context of uh, when Jesus comes into a place, no matter how difficult it is, he changes it. Yeah. And it becomes a place of testimony. Yes. And the Bible says this simple thing that we're overcomers by the blood of Jesus mm. and the word of our testimony. So I'm hoping that the songs and the testimonies and these songs and what these songs are saying will bring a, a freedom and a release to people um, who listen to it. That's my heart really, you know? That's amazing. And so you've been called a gospel pioneer. You've been on what we would call the gospel music scene. Is this album gospel? Is it more contemporary? Does it matter? Um, you know, what, what, what would you, well, most, how would you feel? Most of my friends would know that I object to the word gospel. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, um, one of the things that we've, we've realized over the years is that the word gospel, um, we know it's a genre of music, it's a style of music, yeah. but most certainly birthed out of the USA. But the connotations behind it is that when you use the word gospel, sometimes it's meant black. Yeah. And it describes black. So um, me, um, I think I, I want to I go by the calling that God's called me to. I sing the gospel, yeah. but I'm actually somebody who leads people into worship. So um, I, I think as a worship leader or as a Christian music connoisseur or Christian music practitioner, that's the thing. Not that I'm, I'm against the word gospel, but I'm against the definition that's been used over many, many years yeah. to actually define the boxes that people live in and that we, we live in. And so do you think this album is unboxed or would you, would um, you say I've always been a bit eclectic with yeah. my style of music. So we've got everything in there from um, what people may call, um, you know, I mix the genres. So there may be a bit of jazz, a bit of soul, a bit of kind of stuff going on. Being a musician, I, I wanted to look at this album from a musical point of view as well, mm -hmm. because it would be easy for me to fit everything into four chords and a style of music that lends itself to what we may call um, the worship sound mm. globally, which it's not true because um, it's only in the Western hemisphere where the relevance of that sound mm. um, comes into play. So I th I'd like to think that maybe I've challenged some of that. Um, and on the other hand, there's some of it that's very familiar. Um, and we have a clip from one of the videos now, so we'll take a look at that. I'm living by the
So that uh, looks like a very uplifting, kind of upbeat yeah. kind of album. And, and so what do you feel when you listen to this collection of songs? Um, I don't like hearing myself. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the humanity in me going, oh gosh, I, and I, maybe lots of singers, I don't like hearing myself, but I felt, I felt quite proud um, because the theme, you know, that song, very funky song, but actually the theme is Grace Alive. Yeah. And the most amazing thing about Grace is alive, uh, but Grace is not something that we, um, we take the mick out, as we would say in, in, in British yeah. vernacular, but Grace is there for us when we do mm. accidentally mess up and, and we're not taking advantage of it. But God's grace, you know, it talks about where sin abounds, more grace. Yeah. And I wanted to tell that story in a real joyful way. And uh, we went really funky on it. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of danced and moving. So, but it's quite singable. And so in this sense where, you know, we now create more albums in studio and there's, you know, there's that pressure. How do you balance that with a worshipful, sound is that a balance to be struck or again again we're dealing with um what we perceive as the worshipful sound um because what's happened in in the west we have said this is what worship sounds like yeah and and really um, by doing that we've brought the focus on worship which is um the expression of the revelation yeah. And we may not have brought the focus on the revelation and said to people, well, here is Jesus, the healer, the deliverer, the great I am. This is Jesus, awesome God. And this is what we want you to see. Now, how would you describe it? Yeah. You know, rather than go, well, this is Jesus and he's awesome and he's amazing. He's the healer, deliverer. Mm -hmm. And you need to describe him like this. Yeah. And I think that there's a sense where the, the world is awakening to this spiritual thing that is happening, not just in the world, and people are looking for authenticity. But the mm -hmm. truth about authenticity, it's not found in a genre of music because it has to go beyond that. Yeah. It's found in the revelation of who Jesus is and who he is to the young kid that grows up in a village mm. um, or, 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 or in a mansion house or who he is to the mother with four children whose husband's gone, who he is to the sick, who he is mm. to the lost. This revelation is the all-consuming thing. And it's out of this that we write songs. It's yeah. out of this that we express ourselves. And if there's, if, if there's no revelation, then what are we expressing? Yeah. And I think I coined a frame, I, 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 I coined a, a phrase where I said that, um, thunder is the sound of lightning. Yeah. And, and, I, and people go, what does that mean? I go, well, if there's no lightning, there's no thunder. Mm. But if you're making thunder and there's been no lightning, then what are you talking about? Actually, because the response to the lightning hitting the mm. earth is the thunder. And I believe that a generation that's seen the light of Christ and seen the light and the glory of God, they make a sound, a sound that may sound the same um, genre-wise, but they're singing revelation because music is the only thing that we have that it can house a man's emotions, the way he feels and what he thinks. And actually when he plays, it's actually translated it into others. Mm. It's the most amazing thing because music is one of the two things that came out of heaven. Yeah. Jesus and music. So where did your passion for music come from? Oh, most certainly. I mean, right here. To me, this is mm. Mecca, if that makes sense. <laughs> this is the Jerusalem. Mm. We're right here in Northwest London. I was born in North, I mean, a couple of hundred meters up the road. Um, that's where we lived. And I went to church a few miles down the road. My mum was your Sunday school teacher. Actually, your mum was my Sunday <laughs> school teacher. And your dad was like one of my heroes. He's an amazing <laughs> singer, Bishop. Um, right. But um, there's a sense where growing up in 
the 70s and 60s where, you know, we were children of the Windrush, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and, and there was this sense of, what is it that we sing? There has a, yeah. Our parents had a song, we wanted a song. And I was right in the middle of that. And it wasn't just a, a, a Christian thing, actually right around this area, the, the soul movement, North yeah. London, the big soul movement that happened in the 70s and 80s was birthed in these areas. And yeah. so there was something about a generation wanting to express themselves and always through the music, because we're musicians. Mm -hmm. So I, I had this passion to, you know, just play music. And I think that's where it, it came from. My father, guitarist, so. And how many instruments do you play? I, I actually, you know, technically I play three. Okay. Uh, guitar's my main instrument, piano, and I played double bass for many years in the actual local wow. Brent orchestra. So um, this round here, we had an orchestra um, schools and, and I played in the orchestra for many years, double bass. And what do you think the difference is in church now? So we both come out of the same church, Church God of Prophecy. Yeah. And there are so many musicians came out of that church. So mm. much music came out of that church. Um, everyone was playing, everyone was singing. Even I sung in the choir. <laughs> they were taking all comers. Do you think we're going to get a song? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> they were taking all comers. What do you think's changed in church now? Do you think that young people have those same opportunities to play the way they did and, like you say, look for their own sound and have that freedom and expression? Yeah, I think there is. The opportunity always exists. I think wherever there's people, you know, I said to you before, there's two things that came out of heaven, Jesus and music. What was the purpose of music? The purpose of music for me was giving us an ability to tell our story. Yeah. History tells you that we can find the history and the legacy and the heritage of life through the songs that people sing, the stories. And I think that every generation wants to tell their story and music becomes a part of that storytelling along with other art things, art forms, there's painting, there's dancing, there's all kinds of stuff that's coming. And I think this genera the generation that's grown up going, hey, we want to tell our story and we're going to tell it with what we have and, and yes, the genres of music may have changed, but it's still music and they're telling their story strong and clear. Um, that's why we see the birth of grime yeah. and hip hop, the hip hop, British version of hip hop, because want to tell the story of what they see. And that's a God thing. And I guess my, my next question more specifically is at that time, a lot of musicians went to go and play for quote unquote secular artists, yeah, whatever that means, yeah. mainstream. And do you think there is a worship, a UK Christian music worship scene? Should there be a scene? You know, what are their opportunities to kind of earn and to make it something that's not just something they want to do from the heart, but something that's a viable bit of work for them? Well, I, I, think, I think what's happened is that, you know, I, I know when I was growing up, um, it was very much looked frowned upon yeah. to be a part of, you know, I call it mainstream now, secular is not the word that I use, but mainstream. And, and, and you know, it was always pumped into me, no, you know, playing the church, playing the yeah. church, playing the church. And, um, and, and there's a sense where, you know, I've been talking a lot about um, Ezekiel's songs and Daniel's songs. Mm -hmm. And Ezekiel's songs, you know, he had words like uh, a wheel in the middle of the wheel, which is the cog in it that yeah. makes the wheel turn around. Can these dry bones live? His, his language uh, suggested that he was off the house and, yeah. and what he said was pertaining to Israel. But Daniel had a song and Daniel's song wasn't like Ezekiel's song because Daniel was in Babylon. He was yeah. basically a, a prince in, in the Babylonian Empire, but he was still a Jew. And, and there's a sense where his song's different. But I, I love this and I probably, 
sum it up with this, Daniel, even though he was in what we call the secular world, he mm. prayed three times a day. Yeah. That was the key to his success in that world. With that as a backdrop, uh, yeah, we're in a, a generation where the music that we create is telling a story. Mm. And there's some music that is written by Christians who are believers, but they're telling the story of what they see, but doesn't sound like what we would mm. pertain as um, King James or, yeah. you know, and, and I think that the scope is open for us to tell our story and Christians mm. to tell their story. David did it. David told the story yeah. and um, he started in some dark places, which I found profound, mm. you know, but then he always ended up, but my God, you know, yeah. though I walked through the valley of the shadow, but my God. And I think that what we're seeing here is a generation that is exploring exploring the kingdom of God and the things that the kingdom offers, the outlets, and people are working in industry, they're working in the mm -hmm. marketplaces, uh, whether it's a TV or, or radio, or, or just working generally. And how does that relate to your Christian walk, actually? Mm -hmm. Well, this thing worship is not just a song. This thing worship really sums itself up in what we call relationship. Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve walked with God and talked with God. While he was naming the plants, God was with him. Mm -hmm. While he was naming the birds, and God was with him. There's something about God being in us in our work. And it's not different from us standing in church mm -hmm. and we're singing a song. All that does, singing a song, is actually reinforce our faith, reinforce the thing so that on Monday when we're not singing a song, mm. we're living the song. Or on Tuesday when we're not, you know. But are they able to make a life from it? Like yeah, to, I, th to, I think the systems. Build a, to build an income and for, is there a scene? Is there not? Should there be one? Yeah, I think, I think, that, I think that we're going to see a growth of, of the Christian community where people are going to understand that, you know, music falls into several different categories, entertainment, mm. uh, but it's always informing. Yeah. Um, so, so we're entertained by the music, but we're informed by the lyrics, and and that that means that it means that many many believers can take their place in what I call the mainstream. Yeah. Um, but like I said, Daniel prayed three times a day. Yeah. The question is always, how aware are we of his nearness yeah. when we're in those places? Are those places so far removed from the heart that we should have mm. towards God? You know that we actually live a pseudo life or schizophrenic life yeah. where when we're out there, we're doing what we do. And then we, when we do that, we fall un under the power and the influence of the enemy of our souls. Mm. It means that we don't control the music, but the music begins to control us. And I believe that there, there is a generation of musicians and singers who were born in, born under the sound of the gospel, mm. who are able to stand in that marketplace and be everything that they should be. Yeah. And they'll speak into politics, they'll speak into humanity and all the issues we have, whether mm. it may be around LGBT and all that kind of stuff, which is really diverse topics that maybe we don't want to tackle. But I think that we're going to, we're going to develop a, a, group, a generation that is able to speak into those things mm. from, from a God perspective. Yeah. So you are the first um, worship leader of African and Caribbean heritage to be signed to Integrity in the UK. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Um, it probably was, uh, I, I dreamed about this 20 mm. years ago. Um, and because I was very close to the industry, working with the likes of Ron Canoli, I was Graham Kendrick's guitarist mm. and Ron Canoli's music director, and working with loads of people over the years, from Fred Hammond to Richard Smallwood, to many of the CCM artists, you know, um, Charlie Peacock. And I would see these guys do their thing, and, and it all became, wow, you just doing the gospel. Um, so when, when the opportunity came around and um, they spoke to me, I couldn't believe it because I felt that maybe my season 
for mm. the dream to happen has gone. Mm. You know, sometimes you, you know, the things that you dreamed about and you wish for, um, you're, not, you're gonna kill yourself over it. But so when it came about, first of all, I thought I was unworthy of, of that. Mm. And secondly, I, I thought, well, okay, God, you must be up to something. And, and one of the things that God spoke to me goes, my words don't lie. So when I spoke to you all those years ago, yeah. I, I've, watched, I've watched over that word. And sometimes we're, we're waiting for things to happen in our lives. And my encouragement to people is wait, because oftentimes the word that God's put in us, he's waiting for us. God has to change us in the situation, yeah. how we think. And then he has to put things in place. So maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago, things weren't in place and it would be lost. But actually when God does it, maximum impact you know i'm seeing just an amazing upsurge in, in global traveling you know being yeah. you know south africa and um the caribbean and and different parts of the world and europe all over europe and and it's and it's not actually doing um a stereotype music it's actually doing what my heart wants to do that god's put in my heart mm -hmm. really so i i think that it's it's the most amazing opportunity i'm hoping to see more people of color <laughs> you know, being signed British, that, yeah. and it's British really, uh, because that's not to say people of colour haven't been signed by Integrity. Ron Canoli was a black man, yeah. so is William McDowell and many of the other artists, but I'm actually British. Yeah. I'm contrary to some people coming up to me, are you living in America now? No, I actually <laughs> live in England, but that's good. Mm. And it may have taken time, but we're seeing God, you know, change that. I'm thankful to JB and some of the guys at Integrity that have decided that, well, hold on, this. This, can't carry on. This, 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 this needs to change. And, um, and what he said to me was a simple thing was that him and Ryan said, whatever God's put in your heart, we want to champion that if it's of God. And that for me is really powerful because mm. that wasn't them trying to say, we want to change you and shape you into being this thing. But you just become who you should become. And that's amazing. So I didn't want to become the music because it's quite easy to become the music. Yeah. So I want to become everything God wants me to become. Amazing. And the Kingdom Worship Movement, what, what was the heart behind that and what continues to be the heart and the driving force behind mm. that? Well, you know, many, many years ago, I think it was 10, 10, 12 years ago, I had this epiphany moment uh, where, where I really heard from God. And it was in response to something that I asked the question because I'd been traveling and, and I, I, the church in, in its entirety, which I love the church, whatever it looks like, I love it, you know, um, was so segregated. Yeah. And, and one half of the segregation is amazing because it's prophetic that everybody on the same day at the same time mm. does this thing where we worship God. It's very powerful. Mm. So it's not the church. It's the church in London, the church in Birmingham, yeah. all the churches together. And actually that's the backdrop, unity. How could I get the Asian church, who's very strong here, yeah. to worship the Polish church, Eastern Europeans or the Russian church? And then how could I get the likes of the, the worship movements like Worship Central, um, Hillsong, how do we get together? And, and all the relationships that I had with all these people, I asked them, let's get the gather together, you know, the likes of Laura Martin, Graham Kendrick, but then I had Moiwa and Sonny Badu and, mm. and, 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 and Kalechi, and these are some of the African worship leaders. Then it was some of the guys from Zimbabwe. And, and it was like, well, and we all came together. And the, the, you know, the church from Iran, the Iranian church in London, mm. they came and it was like, well, God is up to something because no longer, the focus wasn't the style of music. Actually, the focus became who is Jesus in your culture? Yeah. So unity, the epiphany was really that God said that I'm bringing a revival to this nation and a revival that you've never seen before.
And you must open your eyes to it. And one of the components of that revival really is unity mm. and prayer. So I became the, the, the driving or the worship force behind National Day of Prayer, bringing together so many different mm. churches and fractions. And I call it fractions, terrible word, but <laughs> denominations. And, 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 and God began to show me something so unique mm. that we have the opportunity mm. to worship together. And the languages, you know, going to one of the Asian-led churches in, this, in, in London and they're singing in Tamil. And I don't understand the language, but I feel God. I feel Go into the, the, the Lithuanian church and sit in there with my friends and, and they're worshiping. And I go, my God, I don't understand what they're saying, mm. but I feel God. And, isn't that what God wants us to do? We, yeah. we, we need to feel him rather than see him or else if we see only, we pander to culture. If we only hear, we pander to culture and culture looks like this. So for years being a, a quote unquote worship leader, but told I'm a gospel artist, yeah. nothing wrong with being a gospel artist, but it's not what gospel meant because I was pandering to some of the ideology mm. of, of what they thought that me as a black man doing music, Christian music should be. Yeah. So, oh, happy day and this is like mine. They're great songs, they carry great revelation, <laughs> but I'm a bit more than that. I'm outrageous love, yeah. I'm, an, I'm grace alive. I surrender, I, you know, I am, you know, the name of Jesus. Yeah. They're all real, I'm living in a real world trying to, trying to apply this faith to my real world and not a stereotype. And so if you, what is your hope when people kind of hear this album that they will kind of take away from this kind of eclectic mix of music? Well, I'm hoping that people's musical palettes will be touched, they'll, they'll enjoy the music. More importantly, I created this album with heart, mm. faith and belief and revelation that they'll capture some of that in the songs and they'll listen to it and and the songs will become anthems and songs that they sing mm. uh, that, that actually change their lives and change them. And if our viewers could pray for you because they love to pray, what would that prayer be? Well, I pray that, um, that, that you pray for me, that I'll have strength to, in, in my generation to be everything that God wants me to be and, and to impact the people that he's called me to impact. And that, you know, I'll be covered. I think, I think, you know, um, it's not Noel on his own out there and his family, but my family is covered and that there's a sense where, wow, the fraternity, the Christian world is praying for you regardless. Mm. They're praying for you for all, all the things that you do and that, you know, strength will be my portion in this generation. Uh, success is, is not something I pray for. Mm. I pray for accomplishing all that God's asked me to do. Mm. Um, so sometimes when I press into stuff, <laughs> uh, that I'm seeing something more than just now. Yeah. I'm seeing something more than just me, but I'm seeing a generation that's coming if the Lord tarries and they're gonna step into the most incredible season. And they'll stand on the shoulders of people like me and my father, your father, <laughs> and a generation um, who, who came and pressed in. Yeah that we could stand and, and, I, and I go, we want to see revival yeah. in England and we want to see revival in Europe. We want to see the kingdom of God coming in every area of people's lives. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for my life to be involved in places in Hungary, Switzerland mm. and Holland and Sweden. And they're receiving my heart. Yeah. So I, I just say thank you. I, I keep praying for me. Amen. Thank you very much for thank coming. Thank you, Janelle.
At TBN UK, we want the gospel to be in as many homes in this country as possible. And you can partner with us in this mission by praying, sharing or giving. For more information, visit tbnuk.org slash partnership. And remember, you can watch us on TBN UK on Freeview 65 or Sky 582.